threats to the energy sector as Russia-Ukraine crisis continues, and best practices for a customer identity and access management solution. These stories and more on this week's ISMG Security Report. Hello, I'm Anna Delaney. As geopolitical tensions escalate even further with Russia's ongoing invasion of Ukraine, many European countries are looking to diversify their fuel resources, eschewing Russian gas. I asked Dr. Tom Winston, Director of Intelligence Content at Dragos, about how the threat actors are taking advantage of this and what we are likely to see develop in the coming weeks. There's going to be continuance of ransomware. Uh, that's that's always a, a very popular tool for causing disruption. I think we also have to be aware of maybe some older things coming back around, uh, some, some older attack sets coming back uh, that specifically focus ICS, uh, OT verticals. Obviously, with the Europeans wanting to switch off of um, you know, Russian resources for a number of reasons right now, um, the Russians are going to be targeting anything that they would be switching to. So the, the searching would begin there. And, you know, from an intelligence perspective, the, the Russians or the, the adversaries, whether it's Russia or anybody, honestly, are always looking for uh, vulnerabilities. They're always searching for vulnerabilities. They have teams who are intelligence apparatuses searching for vulnerabilities in organizations. So in this particular instance, any potential switch or any potential change that the Europeans would want to make to a different company or different supply line, um, these things become targets, right? Whether it's, you know, a pipeline or whatever, it's just obviously that, you know, the adversaries are going to be aware of this and they're going to be watching for this. Um, And really it's, regardless of state sponsorship, this is just a typical um, ebb and flow and, you know, sort of the intelligence world we we see, we see these things happening all the time. They've been happening for a long time. You're listening to the ISMG Security Report on ISMG Radio. ISMG, your number one source for information security news. Customer identity and access management, SIAM, emerged as a practice pre-pandemic, but took off amidst COVID-inspired digital transformation and the exponential growth of digital channels. The topic of SIAM and its unique challenges to CISOs and cybersecurity is visited in our upcoming IAM Summit on 19th and 20th of April. Here's a preview from a conversation with our Senior Vice President of Editorial, Tom Field, and Director of Cybersecurity Practice at 8 Navarica Group, John Horn. I've had the opportunity to work with some vendors in this space. And of course, they develop playbooks for SIAM. From your perspective as a researcher, what are the very basics? In other words, how should identity practitioners view best practices for a solid SIAM solution? Yeah, Tom, I think uh, I think there's a handful. I'm going to give you four. One is the, the first one about consumer experience being the king or the queen. If, if the solution's not wired to intelligence when a consumer who returns in the, in the bank has known them for 15 years comes back with the same device and we're challenging them with multi-factor authentication, that's a problem. So I think driven by frictionless experience for SIAM is just a base. It's not new, um, but it might be new for some of our practitioners that experience and data signaling and intelligence is, is first and foremost. I would say that's the first best practice. The second one, I think it's about standards. And we, we tend to talk about standards in a lofty manner 
But in the Siam world, in the customer-facing world, you really can't get away with a, with a proprietary way of dealing with identity and access management. You've got to ride SAML and OAuth. You need to be thinking about FIDO. You have to be thinking about the financial grade uh, API and OpenID Connect. So it means that if your solution is not wired toward those standards, that's a good place to improve um, to become a more best practice identity for consumers. Third, I would say cloud is important for SIAM as a best practice. Again, not a new concept, but cloud, it doesn't mean there's not uh, scenarios where on-premise identity solutions and platforms don't, they have a good case. But for most of the listeners on the call today, I think they're going to find that, you know, your, your business is going through digital transformation. Cloud makes more and more sense to render identity services in the cloud. And then when you go to the cloud, you find out that resiliency is still a challenge, that concentration risk is a concern. The security of your identity platform itself becomes a concern. So I think we're all not naive at this point, but going to the cloud just doesn't fix everything. In fact, it's the same kind of things you've had to solve for on-premise. That, that said, I believe cloud is a, is a best practice deployment for Cyan. And then finally, the fourth, and this one's not a new one either, but passwordless. I just think that this is not a new topic, but and several uh, that are watching this today have have achieved that deprecation of the password through some mechanism. Others have struggled because it just takes a, a rigorous approach to get there. But you know, knowledge-based authentication and its fr fragility is just well known. Consumers they don't like passwords; they give them away legitimately to you know aggregation. Firms, they also give them away through phishing attacks. So password list to me is a base principle, a best practice with Siam, just because it's it helps rid yourself a lot of the attack factors associated with passwords and knowledge-based authentication. And finally, our last segment this week comes from an interview led by executive editor of ISMG's healthcare info security site, Marion Kolbesok McGee, with Stanley Merzwa, director of the Center for Cybersecurity at Keene University. They discuss the root causes of cybercrime and the motivation of cybercriminals, especially as such crime has surged during the COVID-19 pandemic. Here, Merzwa offers recommendations for healthcare sector entities to better defend their organizations against cybercrime. One of the things I would recommend, and more so on the more complicated area first, is cyber threat intelligence, a function. You can assign an individual on your team who might be quite interested in researching threat intelligence factions around cybersecurity, but there are so many alerts that are received both manually and automatically daily. And it's important to have a central figure or commander to be able to coordinate this knowledge flow and action to those in your organization. So especially around the human aspect of social engineering, as we talked about earlier, the phishing, the smishing, spams, making those in your organizations aware about new threats. And this is important for a lot of reasons, because if you have a threat intelligence function, you might be able to selectively focus on information that's particular to your industry. Moving down the chain to the more simple, you know, when we hear this over and over again, you know, that simply having and ensuring you have good backups of your systems, store them independently from your system, for, uh, you know, for example, in the cloud and different parts of the globe as well. For your systems, you have to ensure we see this over and over. And I think organizations might be feeling a little bit uh, fatigued by this, but you need to check your software and systems for updates. This is so critical because they're oftentimes these critical alerts around cybersecurity threats involve updating systems. 
That's it from the ISMG Security Report. Theme music is by Ithaca Audio. I'm Anna Delaney. Until next time. Thank you.